The Kern Institute Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Medic, medical education in countryside communities, where we have conversations about issues related to educating future physicians in rural communities. This series of interviews is with the team and graduates of the Advocates in Medicine Pathway, or AMP, program. The Advocates in Medicine Pathway program supports the professional development of individuals from Wisconsin interested in attending medical school at the Medical College of Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin campus to promote a diverse future healthcare workforce built around resilience, relationships, and systems-based knowledge. Please take a listen and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Medic, uh, Medical Education in Countryside Communities. Uh, we're having conversations from the Medical College of Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin campus. Today, we're talking with Dr. Amy Paninsky about the Advocates in Medicine pathway. And so, welcome. Thanks, Jeff. It's exciting to be here with you and Anita today. What got you into medical education? How did you become a medical educator? And specifically, how did you get to MCW, Central Wisconsin campus? Yeah, so um, I did my PhD was in cancer biology. And so I was doing a lot of laboratory-based research, but always knew I kind of had that itch or interest in doing more teaching. And so while I was doing my postdoctoral fellowship at the University of Wisconsin, started seeking out a number of different teaching opportunities opportunities. And my husband, Jake, is a family practice physician and started getting more involved in um, health science education. Um, So I had my first faculty position was at the University of Minnesota Medical School up in Duluth. And, um, you know, that was a great experience, great colleagues and and training. Um, But, you know, I'm originally from Wisconsin and grandma wanted her her grandchildren closer. And so when we heard that they were opening the new campus up in central Wisconsin, um, both my husband, Jake, and I decided to apply for um, jobs on the campus and made the transition in 2016 to help um, be part of the founding faculty that started the campus. Fantastic. So you got your wish to get more involved in health science teaching. Yes. And can you explain a little bit about what AMP is and how it that fits into your role at Central Wisconsin? Again, I, I have this basic science background, but um, was also really interested in the community engagement piece of things. Um, as well as, you know, who has access to, you know, some of these advanced training programs. So when I was in Duluth, we had a really strong mission around um, Native American health. And up there, I was initially involved with some pipeline program work and um, partly, you know, getting more um, Native American and rural students into PhD programs. And so then when I came over to the MCW Central Wisconsin campus, you know, again, we've we've had a, a lot of successes here. And again, we've got our graduates now coming back to the area, which is really exciting. But one thing that we realized is that we had not had any Hmong uh, medical student graduates. And so knowing that there are a number of different barriers there um, for students pursuing medical degrees, um, we decided to start the AMP program. And there also is a, a fair bit of literature showing that rural students also encounter a number of different 
barriers. And those are some of our key populations that we're really wanting to train physicians to serve. And so um, decided to kind of seek out some additional grant funding to help us start this Advocates in Medicine Pathway Program. And that was funded through the Advancing a Healthier Wisconsin. Do you have a lot of buy-in from the other stakeholders who were going to be part of the the grant, essentially. Yeah, I, I mean, again, as you guys know, we're kind of a smaller shop here, and so again, going out and finding some good partners to be able to um, develop this program was important. Some partnerships with people from the Hmong community um, who obviously saw sort of that need for, you know, having more um, Hmong physicians. And then also the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point. I think how we might be able to partner with an undergraduate institution too, because that would be our, our target population for people that would be involved in AMP um, and found Paul Whitaker and Chris Prawl to be um, some great colleagues that we've worked with there. And then our other key partner has been the North Central Area Health and Education Center, or AHEC, who um, uh, again is actually the kind of home of the person that helps work with me and, and you'll be talking to to coordinate the program, Shang um, King. And again, AHAC has really had a lot of focus and experience too on doing some of these pipeline programs and things like that. Yeah. So again, definitely finding community partners was an important part of us being able to launch it. And Aspirus, the health system, trying to identify opportunities for these students to do some shadowing. They were on board with this too, because I think um, people were really sort of recognizing the goal that we want to try and make healthcare education, something that's inclusive to, you know, all of our populations here. That's fantastic. Awesome. It sounds like everyone was excited. So that makes it a lot easier in some ways too. Yeah. Cool. How does the program actually work? Like, can you walk me through like who a person who's involved in AMP, like what it looks like for them and how they get connected? Yep. So I'll kind of give you the life cycle of a, an AMP um, program person. So right now, August to um, October or November, I think it is, is our um, application period. And so, you know, again, hopefully we can somehow link out to our webpage that then, uh, you know, we're kind of doing different recruitment events and things like that to be able to um, get a good pool of candidates for the program. Then we do do interviews with the candidates candidates in November, early December. And then we kind of have our cohort that's 10 students selected in January. And so our vision is that they would get to do some clinical shadowing in January. Um, But, you know, again, we've been needing to to work through, um, you know, some of the availability with that. Um, But then after, besides doing clinical shadowing, the students are enrolled in a course at UW-Stevens Point at WASA that we call wicked problems in medicine. Um, And so there's a few, we're actually kind of continuing to evolve the course. The first version of the course was focused on opioid addiction and I read a book and had a chance to actually um, meet with the 
author who's a faculty member um, at Stanford. Um, but now we're moving it a little bit more toward um, some more patient-based discussion kind of cases that parallels some changes that we're making with the medical school curriculum just to kind of build the um, students' confidence with the kinds of activities that they would need to do in medical school, but really thinking through real-world cases and, um, you know, how you look up that information and know how you um, address it. But the group also felt like it was really important as part of that course to have um, some social determinants of health in there and also really get to know our community a little bit better. So um, where we're moving toward is a little bit more of a diabetes dementia case mm -hmm. focus. Um, and so we would have some guest community people then that would come in and talk to the student kind of, you know, maybe um, the Adult Disability Resource Center, ADRC come sure. in and so that the students can learn more about some of those community resources. Um, but to get back to the overall vision timeline, so they're doing that course, but then they also do some advising sessions. And so these are sessions on um, how do you write a good personal statement and get some feedback on that. But then we've also done you know, the improv training and just, you know, like how do you kind of communicate and think on your feet? And, um, and all those sessions are done by Zoom. So this is where we have been able to have a wide range of participants that are, you know, maybe in college in Madison or even, you know, the Twin Cities oh, wow. or whatever that can, you know, call in for that part of the program through Zoom. And then in the summer is when they do the um, AHEC Community Health Internship Program. And so that's a paid internship and that's here in central Wisconsin. So they can kind of get to know our community a little bit better, do some more like tours and visits in the med school, um, and then really kind of work a little bit more on one of these community health-based um, issues that could potentially turn into their pathways project or something like that, like which is one of the other programs I'm involved in. And, and so then the graduation is in July. So the primary program com components run from January to July, but we do um, have different ways that we stay in contact with them after that. Because again, the ultimate goal is to help them navigate the application process gotcha. to med school, which will usually happen after they've graduated from AMP. I didn't realize you were casting such a broad net in terms of brooding uh, individuals for the program, because mm -hmm. that's really nicely tied into the overall mission of the Central Wisconsin campus of getting more Positions in Wisconsin and rural communities in particular, right? So that's yeah. awesome. I didn't, that's cool. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's why doing these things is as good as sometimes you work with people that you don't even know, like, yeah. fully what they're doing <laughs> until yeah. you sit down and have this type of conversation. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. So that's awesome. So it sounds like there's a lot of pieces to this um, and a lot of moving parts to get set up. Like, what, I mean, what, what were some challenges that you faced in, in development of this program? Yeah. So, COVID was the biggest challenge because I'm not sure we were initially planning that all of these components would have been by Zoom. And again, as so many other things um, had to do, you know, we had to shift to the Zoom format. But again, as we were just discussing, that helped facilitate kind of broader recruitment. But we like the other sort of goal or philosophy underlying this was the importance of having kind of that tight cohort peer support as hopefully they would be moving into med school together. And so there was sort of the concern of 
of would they be able to have those kinds of relationships with each other and with us with the program, given that so many of the um, components ended up being through Zoom. And I really do feel like we were able to overcome that and, um, you know, that there was a lot of camaraderie that was still formed amongst the group. Um, So that was great. You know, again, in terms of like barriers for getting students into the medical school, um, you know, again, at the college level, right, they've gotten rid of a lot of those standardized tests like the SAT and ACT for admission. But for medical school, the MCAT continues to be kind of a key piece of the um, application puzzle. And so that has been an area that, you know, helping students um, to kind of perform well on that test is another kind of challenge that we're still identifying resources and support to help students with that. So have you graduated a a cohort? Are you like, where are you in that timeline? Yes. So we have four years of funding. And so we're right at the midpoint. We've graduated two cohorts at this point, and we have three students that are in the current process of applying to med school. So we're very hopeful that we'll soon be at the point of transitioning students that were in AMP into our matriculating classes. So that's kind of, yeah, where we're at with it that's so far. That's exciting. Yeah. So so then what what is going to be the deciding factor as far as this program continuing beyond the four years of the grant? Like what would be right. next steps? Right. I mean, that's what I saw was sort of like my hopes and dreams is that we can continue this program. And so again, um, part of it is you know, having the financial support to continue to move forward and looking at where might be some other ways that we could um, fill that gap. Um, Most of the funding right now has been coming from the Advancing a Healthier Wisconsin, but we have gotten funding from um, some local foundations and uh, Marathon County has been giving us some some funding. Yeah, so, so I think, you know, again, it's the financial support, but then it's also getting the word out, making sure that we've got sort of the local stakeholder buy in, understanding the importance of this, showing the outcomes that we are getting the students into medical school and that they're successful. Um, And then we've also been expanding this into thinking about even like middle school programs and high school programs too. And so it's kind of extending the pipeline, but there might be some additional models or financial opportunities as we kind of think through our extended pipeline with this. And we've also been partnering really closely with MCW Milwaukee pipeline programs because um, there was a lot of sort of siloed, like multiple different um, gateway programs or pipeline um, opportunities um, across the institution, but they weren't really well coordinated. And so we've been trying to work a little bit more with those programs in terms of having more centralized websites to help promote and localize the programs, but even potentially in terms of sustainability. Beautiful. And so that is always a challenge with any program is maintaining it beyond your existence, so to speak, is yeah. and so that's great that you're getting those places established. People are still wanting to know more or be found. I mean, is it, it's kind of word spreading. Yeah, 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 I think so. I mean, it was funny, like early on, we, um, Corey Norbaum did an interview with Wisconsin Public Radio, and this actually like was spreading to North Carolina. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nationally got picked wow. up. And so I had people reaching out and really, you know, actually having sort of this Hmong focus is a little bit unique amongst 
medical schools that, you know, again, if that might be a potential, again, hopes and dreams area that our campus could really even be a national leader in, um, you know, I think, you know, we could definitely serve our community, but there might even be, you know, opportunities for, for a larger vision or connection there too. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. I know, right? What else have we missed? Is there anything else you want to add or? Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I think it's great too. You're going to get perspectives from a number of different people from the program. Um, you know, again, you sort of set out this vision, but it's cool to hear different aspects echoed back through the actual participants and kind of even other things that you didn't even initially uh, uh, intend out of programs too with it. So. Right, exactly. Well, your enthusiasm is uh, for, for this effort is definitely there. And that's a lot of it, I think, when it comes to connecting with people and getting people interested. So yeah. kudos to you for that. So that's great. Well, we thank you a lot for your time today and getting yeah. us started with this conversation. We will have other conversations with others, other stakeholders who are involved in helping get it set up and yeah. moving it forward. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks, great. Amy. Thanks. Today, we have the great pleasure of being with Sheng Kang. I pronounced that right, Sheng? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. And Sheng's the Education and Outreach Coordinator for the Advocates and Medicines Pathway, or AMP, program established at the Central Wisconsin campus. So, Sheng, welcome. And uh, we're just excited to have you here today. Hi, Jeff. Thank you um, for having me today. You bet. And we, as always, we have Dr. Anita Bublik anderson with us, too. Hi, and folks. All right. So, what thoughts do you have or questions do you have for Sheng? Oh, I think this is such a, a great um, opportunity for our audience to learn more about this uh, amazing work that's being done in central Wisconsin. So Shang, thank you for joining us. And why don't you tell us about your journey on, uh, on being involved in uh, these programs for medical education? Like, where did you come from? How did you get here um, to this point in your career? Yeah, sure. Um, I started my journey in medical school, um, not or involvement, not directly um, being medicine. I was a middle school bilingual teacher assistant for many years. Um, when I was younger, I did that for seven years. And then, you know, once my children were in grade school, I felt like it was the right timing for me to pursue higher education because at that time I only had my um, high school degree. And I also wanted to uh, do more things in life. Um, I picked um, the degree of healthcare administration because I was very intrigued about things that happened outside of like the four walls of the exam room. I was also surrounded by family members that had different types of health um, diseases or illnesses. And I wanted to understand and know how can I, how can I um, have like um, good health and how can some of these illnesses be preventable um, in the future for myself and people around me. So that's why I pursued that degree. Uh, anyways, um, about how I got involved in the Advocates Medicine Pathway was that um, I was working for a nonprofit agency, helping individuals who were um, at risk of losing their homes and things like that. And so I came across the education outreach position. I was reading into it and I got very excited because it was a combination of the two things that I'm really passionate about, which was healthcare uh, working and working for my community, as well as having like the uh, Hmong uh, background or community component, because um, I'm Hmong and I'm passionate about elevating individuals in the community uh, of my communities. 
So I was very excited about this position. And so that's how I became a part of um, AMP. That's wonderful. So could you talk more about the AMP program and its successes, its challenges and getting started? Yeah. So um, AMP received their grants in summer 2020. And that was like a couple months right after the uh, shutdown, uh, COVID-19 pandemic shutdown. So um, I got on board right around that time. Challenges was that uh, it was challenging to recruit. Uh, traditionally, when you have programs or things that you're recruiting for uh, with students, you go into campuses and events to recruit students, right? But unfortunately, because of the shutdown, we have no access to students. Um, so we had to take the non-traditional route and venture into recruiting students in the virtual space. Um, so we did a lot, or I did a lot of like social media recruiting. Yeah, recruiting was challenging because we were in the pandemic, um, couldn't have access to students. Another challenge in terms of the program or running the program was um, the lack of interaction that we couldn't have with the students, again, because we have to operate virtually. Um, but despite all of these different challenges, I think that we were very successful. Uh, we gather uh, students from across uh, Wisconsin that had no idea um, about the program as well as have no idea about how to how to prepare themselves for medical school and so we were uh we were successful in in building a very close uh, cohort with them let's see going back to challenges i think it's challenging in terms of like the time that we have with the students we 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 work with them from january through july and we have eight times seven to eight sessions or times that we meet with them and i i feel like just personally, I feel like we we focus on Hmong and rural students. However, we don't really have much time to develop their Hmong and rural identity. Mm. Uh, the program is more focused on preparing for them for medical school. And, and so, again, the priority is preparing them for medical school. Uh, and we try our best to help them develop these identities. That's, that's, uh, a, that's a fascinating point, Shang, is yeah. the identity formation of professional identity formation, right? That's all you know, personal personal and professionals all tied together. It's a big emphasis. One thing I was curious about is in terms of recruitment, you clearly made the point that COVID provided some unexpected benefits. I'm wondering, given the um, individuals you're focused on recruiting, as you said, from Hmong uh, and uh, rural backgrounds, do you think that any difficulties with reaching those individuals say were were amplified in the in the in the challenges that you that occurred in the pandemic? So, for example, maybe I'm a rural student that doesn't have good internet connection, and I might not get your social media post. Something along that. Do you think? I mean, any insights as to how? Maybe when one is trying to recruit specific individuals, things can be amplified when problems like COVID arise. Um, and maybe you don't have an answer to this. I, I was just yeah. thinking that, it, you know, it's, it's hard enough getting those individuals to, to step up, to, to, to help them step up to the plate in, in just normal face-to-face -face school situations, right? But when you can't see them, I'm wondering if it was just amplified some of the problems that have been historically existed. I, um. I don't know if other staff members sensed it, but I didn't sense that it was like a um, technology, a lack of technology or, or internet access um, with our recruitment. Okay. I did sense that um, <clears throat> the students had um, lack of confidence when applying mm. to the 
program um, in terms of where there are doubts, like, you know, I'm not sure medical school is for me. I don't know if I have the capability, but I am interested. Right. We have students with that, um, experiencing that. Um, so definitely, um, I think, uh, lack of confidence as well as direction in life because, mm. you know, medicine is a commitment. It's not like you put two years into it and then you can move on with your life or something after right. the education. You're going into it for like, you're going into it knowing that you're going to do this for the rest of your life. And so, um, it, it it's a, a major decision. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's at the level of commitment. And I really appreciate your point about confidence because I think that's another thing I've heard just in general, uh, you know, once people are in medical school, there's that have your identity point. Is this something I can identify right with? Right. Am I, am I, should I be here? Uh, kind of thing. And um, so is there a little piece of advice that, we, that you might give them to get over that confidence hurdle, so to speak? So during like the interview and screening process, we sent a lot of that, but we try our best um, to build a student's confidence. Um, for example, I mentioned about how the students, our program isn't so much focused on building those rural or more identities, but we do provide, um, we do have sessions that cover those uh, identities. We have a speaker from the Hmong community. His name is Billy Lore. He talks about his experience as a shaman. He's uh, around his 20s. And so he is very relatable to the students and the students can relate to him. We also have uh, a panel um, a session where we have medical students and, and staff slash professionals come and talk about their experience and journey into medicine. So in a way, um, these sessions build confidence and reassurance about um, their identities and the directions are where they're heading. That's great. And I think it also reflects what I've learned since being in the medical education profession, which is it's a developmental process, right? It's not we're out here to, to, to filter you out or get you out or anything like that. It's quite the opposite. And I think that's just awesome to see that extended into the AMP program. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nita, you have anything uh, to follow? Or? No, I, I, I think it's a really wonderful program and to have those, the mentors and with, for the Hmong community to be able to see people who look like them from their culture that, you know, in professional roles and be successful and understand their um, sort of like their pathway of getting to where they are. I think that's just so key. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally agree hundred percent. So, so Shane, uh, as we wrap things up here, what are, you know, two, you know, pieces or things that you might want the audience to know about the AMP program, the, you know, the things that really stand, two things that kind of stand out to, you, out to you that the audience should be able to walk away with thinking, man, this is a really good program. I should look into it. Sure. Um, so in terms of like the sessions that we try to cover through the spring semester, uh, we build it on the 15 core competencies of a medical student. Of course, we can't cover all 15 um, competencies, but we, we try to intertwine uh, them in our sessions. So that's something that's very important for students who are interested in, in our program, that we, we are conscious about these um, competencies. Another is that uh, we provide financial assistance 
comparisons for students, like I mentioned before, for them to attend conferences, um, uh, obtain uh, MCAT uh, preparation materials um, for them. Um, Another piece I think is most important is that cohort that students can depend on, um, whether it's within their cohort or even with the medical students. Um, I think that's a very important piece. Um, Medical medicine, again, like I mentioned before, is is, is a commitment and you're going to need people that are going to be walking the same path with you that will look like you that maybe have the same upbringing as you. So it's important that um, students interested in this program understand that this cohort will uh, have a piece that reflects who they are. And so people will be able to support them in their journey. Um, Most importantly, as we're moving into like the virtual uh, world and working virtually, um, our sessions in the one credit course that students are required to take for this program will be virtual. So Students can, you know, adapt to that environment and will be better when they are interviewing for medical school, right? right. So, um, in a way, uh, they're they're preparing themselves to for future interview format, as well as, you know, in this program, students will be exposed to the medical staff and medical students, so they build a confidence in this environment. So, it's not just always um, like I heard, like an ivory tower that's untouchable. Right. Uh, so they feel like they belong there, or welcome there. Um, Last but not least, uh, when you're applying for medical school, there's always like the clinical uh, slash clinical and community component that um, uh, you're, you're, you're required or it would make your resume more uh, um, optimal. Um, uh, we have these two pieces in our program. Uh, we have a clinical coordinator that work with the students to pair them up with a physician uh, so that they uh, can um, shadow them for about 40 hours a week. And then we have um, the Wisconsin AHAC Community Health Internship um, at the end of the program from June, July, where they work with the community partners on a community health-focused uh, project. So we we um, help students uh, with a variety of things, not just with um, health components, but more like community, clinical, um, and again, uh, confidence um, building. That's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. And I think it's, is it Dr. Kevin Tao who is the, the help set up the clinical connections? Is that correct? Yes, correct. And, you know, with him, he has a lot of um, connections throughout the state. Um, so we have uh, preceptors from the Fox River Valley, individuals in um, the Twin Cities, because we have had two um, graduates from this area. And we have individuals in the Milwaukee area as well. And so I just want to thank you again for your time. And clearly uh, your role and you in that role is a great starting point for your uh, last point of the take-home message of support in medical school is crucial to development and success of uh, future doctors. So thank you for doing what you're doing and helping our community uh, get individuals who are interested in being uh doctors in the future and and for all that you do and, and for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shay. Yeah, thank you as well.